Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. In this episode, you're going to meet Keisha Bradford. MPA and doctoral candidate for education and leadership. She is pursuing this doctorate in leadership at Creighton University. Her dissertation explores the self-perceptions of insured and uninsured individuals in Omaha, Nebraska. Prior to joining Doctors for America, Keisha was at Health Center Association of Nebraska as their director of strategic initiatives for nine years. She has a variety of focused areas, the Affordable Care Act, emergency preparedness, workforce recruitment, vulnerable populations, all while providing training and technical assistance to all seven federally qualified health centers. So you got to know about this interview. We are going to touch on so many things. You will get to hear how Keisha gives psychological safety to her training sessions. It's amazing. She actually uses flow triggers. You're going to learn how leadership skills can make you more self-compassionate and less burned out. And then you're going to hear small ways that she is using her skills and encouraging other doctors to become catalysts for change in this large healthcare system that desperately needs change. Keisha is energetic, enthusiastic. She'll explain all the great things that are happening in Doctors for America, but also show that we need doses of laughter and humanity in order to create a better, more colorful future for all. So enjoy this lively discussion with Keisha Bradford. Oh my goodness. We have Keisha Bradford here and I am so excited. We're going to hit the reset button on healthcare. She is probably the best person to talk to about this. We met years and years ago at a conference in the hallway. I remember bumping into her. She bumped into me and she's just you know, exudes enthusiasm and energy. So even though you can't see her, I'm sure you'll be able to feel it in this podcast interview. So thank you, Keisha, for being here with us on the Catalyst Podcast. Of course, happy to be here. (laughs) My gosh, you've had so many interesting things happen in your life. Right now you're with the Doctors for America. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey and how you got to this point? Oof, my journey. It's very much an interesting one. And the reason I say that is because, I find myself thinking about where I came from and how I got where I'm, where I am today. And it, it, it still is one of those things that boggles my mind of like, how? Because realistically, there would have been no way, I think, that, so I'm one of eight kids. Wow. Uh, that's right. One of eight. And the first to go to college. And of all colleges to go to, I chose Creighton University, which is a private Jesuit institution. And what's funny was I was dead set on wanting to become a medical doctor. And 
most people who go to Creighton, that's their, one of their areas. It's either like pharmacy school or medical school or something healthcare related. And uh, chemistry, during my time at, at Creighton, chemistry was the bane of my existence. And so uh, I, I, yeah, quickly had to decide uh, what else was I going to pursue? And I either had the choice of exercise science, which exercise science is great, um, or health administration and policy. And I chose health administration and policy and love it. Like, I'm so glad. Best decision for me. Uh, And so chose health administration policy, was able to graduate in four years, which I was proud of myself for doing that. And then eventually uh, took a year off after Creighton to work and then decided and knew it was important for me to go back to school. So then got my master's in public administration and learned a lot there. Um, And through it all, like I had a, during my kind of rewinding and going back to my undergrad years, I, we were required to complete an internship. And so I didn't have any contacts in, you know, any organizations. I mean, many of my friends, I mean, they have, their parents had contacts. They had ways of being able to complete their internship requirements. I had to work part-time during my time at Creighton. And then to have this expectation of completing an internship, Okay. All right. Uh, So I leaned on my advisor at the time and she connected me to uh, One World Community Health Center. And so here in Omaha, Nebraska. And so I went in to meet with someone to talk about an internship. Long story short, it was the CEO of the organization, which I was like, what? You're sitting here. you're, You're interviewing me about this internship. What? Uh, so then, 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 on top of it all, I, I had the gumption to then ask, well, when asked, like, hey, do you have any questions for me, Keisha? I asked, uh, yeah, so is this internship going to be paid? They really <laughs> weren't going to pay me. But because I asked the question, I then was able to have a paid internship. Uh, during my time at the health center, and then, uh, you know, completed my internship requirements, then graduated from Creighton, took a year off, went and got my master's degree. And then during my master's program, it wasn't a requirement to complete an internship, but I I reached out to an organization because I'm like, I, I, I need more experience in the field. And turns out that the person I reached out to, the organization that I reached out to was brand new. The organization was just starting. And so they had plans of having paid positions. Um, And when I reached out, they met with me. And turns out the person created uh, an internship position for me. Uh, Again, they hadn't planned on it, but then also knew the executive director who I had interned for during my undergraduate years who spoke on my behalf. Um, So needless to say, I got kind of a second interview or a second internship uh, that was paid. And so then completed my master's degree. I went and worked for a community health center and then uh, was recruited to 
go back to the, come back to the organization that I interned for, and then was there for nine years, um, working in health care, more of the working with health centers in the state of Nebraska, and got to learn a lot, got to just take on anything and everything that I wanted. It was, it was fantastic. I mean, I learned so much. I got to interact, collaborate, partner, meet a variety of people. Um, and it was, it was absolutely an amazing experience. And so for me, my passion lies in trying to make healthcare better. And so currently I am finishing up a doctoral degree. I'm back at Creighton while I'm working full-time. I'm with Doctors for America now. And so I get to, in my current role, work with providers across the entire country and really helping to provide education to help them advocate because doctors are uniquely positioned to use their voice, to share their experiences, to try and make changes in healthcare. And so I love this journey. You're, you're, you're just painting a beautiful picture of all these tiny little moments that were catalysts for you to grow, to connect. And that's what I remember most about you is Mm -hmm. you were the only person I met at that conference, the ACU, you know, the the association for the clinicians Clinicians. underserved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you sent a handwritten note, you know, just to say, Hey, you know, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and it's great to meet Mm -hmm. you. And like that in, that alone, those little individual touch points and connections, I, I predict, you know, came from that point in your own life where you're like, boy, I'm everybody else has got their connections. I've got to make my own. And you lit, you literally did. Yeah. You made your connections happen. And mm-hmm. that is how we can change the system of healthcare. And yes. there's so many parallels. You're talking about a systemic issue that is mm-hmm. toxic and, and very broken. And I think mm-hmm. doctors and patients alike would admit that neither of us are happy. It's not working. There's so much um, socioeconomic, you know, discrepancies and gender. I mean, it goes through everything, race, gender, ethnic, everything. Mm -hmm. So how you as a person are instigating this change at a, at a bottom level by educating doctors, helping them Mm -hmm. as each physician can make their own little changes. This Mm -hmm. is how we're going to transform the healthcare, I think in Mm -hmm. this country. So how do you envision this moving? What are your goals? What are you working on right now in Doctors for America? Yes. So a few things. (laughs) I currently uh, oversee two of our impact areas here at Doctors for America, one being community health and prevention. Um, And so that consists of like COVID recovery, substance use disorder, and gun violence prevention. And then the other impact area is health justice and equity which consists of reproductive rights and gender affirming care. And what is the last one? I gender affirming care, reproductive rights, decriminalization and liberation is the other one. And so that more entails the policies, the laws, the things that that people of color as we know mm-hmm. <laughs> here in our country. Mm-hmm. And so there are many things that I'm currently working on here at Doctors for America um, and through it all. So I started with Doctors for America back this past May of 2022. And so I feel like I'm still learning my role, but in the time that I've been here, I 
not only am focused on doing a great job, but also working on making those connections and helping to support others in lifting and sharing their voices while having fun. Because at the end of the day, work is work. Work will be there. There are tasks, there are things like that. But really, for me, what I'm passionate about is, yes, there's a way in which we can all help make changes in healthcare. Uh, We need everyone on the same page. And we can do so while having a little fun along the way. Okay, Keisha, I have to (laughs) pause and say, this is gold right here. Because you are absolutely... You understand the assignment. You're picking up what I'm putting down, which is all about the neuroscience of flow and how doctors, you know, when we get burned out, it's because yeah. we've lost that that connection with the greater mission. Mm-hmm. And part of reorienting ourselves and, and retrofitting that burnout equation is anchoring ourselves into our values and our mission, mm-hmm. highlighting important feedback and milestones that we're achieving, and then mm-hmm. activating that internal energy and enthusiasm to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Not every day is roses and oh, unicorns, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're dealing at the intersectionality of all these really heavy issues, we're talking mm-hmm. mental health, like you said, gender affirming, um, women's rights, all the yeah. things all that the can things. be pretty deep and heavy, yeah. but mm-hmm. you still keep it fun and light because I'm imagining what you probably do is you're looking at the, uh, the greater mission that you're involved yes. in. Mm-hmm. And so how do you help doctors do the same? Cause I feel like it can be frustrating when you see all the wrong things in healthcare to just feel yeah. like you're hopeless. So what do you do? Do you give your doctors a pep talk or what's your, what's your magic? So for me, it's, <laughs> I am not ashamed of embarrassing myself. <laughs> you know, if it garners, you know, if it gets a laugh, a giggle, like that's, that's what I'm here for. And really it's, it is kind of pep talk, kind of being a cheerleader, bringing the energy. Uh, sometimes it's, especially during our meetings, like for example, um, and this is the topic at hand was sexual education and kind of talking through, we had wonderful presenters to um, help inform our providers on, okay, this is what true sex education is. And then here are ways in which you can, you know, dedicate your time, you know, what time, what precious time you do have, what precious energy you do have to then help try and make change locally. And so the topic itself, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, taboo for some, but (laughs) one of the things that I had asked um, just to check with the speakers and everyone um, was that if they were okay with me playing music beforehand. And so I had songs like, well, I had a little bit of Marvin Gaye playing. I had uh, um, salt and pepper, Peppa pepper uh you know the let's talk about sex yes um (laughs) and some of like the random like monthly meetings that i have with the the doctors um because there are leadership calls there are action events um so there are typically two meetings each month i um especially during the month of august during my birthday month that is right (laughs) i said birthday month uh I, i i wear crowns Yes. Plural, yes. And so on some of the meetings, um, the doctors are very much still getting to know me and they show up 
virtually. And here I am just sitting there just wearing a crown and people are like, (laughs) I just see their faces like, what is going on? And I'm like, it's my birthday month, you know, and just, I was being, Oh, Keisha, you like, yeah, seriously. I, I, sorry. I keep interrupting. I'm just so excited because you are using a few flow triggers, believe it or not. So you're, you're actually, yes, you already are. And so part of this, the revamping of healthcare is we are devoid of flow, you know, in most institutions, (laughs) in most jobs, we get to have our own autonomy. We learn our cadence. We get to be in the zone and kind of get Mm -hmm. into a flow, but they've Mm -hmm. really made it difficult for doctors. Now back 20, 30 years ago, it was a lot easier because doctors didn't have EMRs and clicking through and all these other things. And so they could kind of get into flow and, and we're trying to bring that back. But what you're doing is the few flow triggers that we can set in place can encourage more flow. You did one by using music, which Mm -hmm. is utilizing one of your senses. You Mm -hmm. brought levity to it because you picked songs that were obviously about the topic, you know, salt and pepper. And then what that does is that creates this psychological safety, this comfort level of, Mm -hmm. of us being all in this room together. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of funny. And that serotonin, that dopamine, that novelty, um, Mm -hmm. that is part of a flow channeled process. And so you're really creating this environment already, uh, you know, anchored to, Hey, let's have fun. This is what we're Mm -hmm. here to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Work is work, but any small thing that's a catalyst step in the right direction can help you enjoy what you're doing and advocate for a better healthcare in the future. So exactly. I love what you're doing. I didn't mean to interrupt, but keep going. No, so you're fine. So like, <laughs> tell me how that went. Like, did the doctors like the, the crowns and the playlist or how did yes, that go? Yes, they were actually, because I, oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure I'm still filling them out. Uh, but uh it was funny watching their reactions and many of them laughed, they giggled. And then during the meetings too, um, as we are like wrapping up or something like that, you know, I made a joke, like, don't forget to put on your calendars. My birthday's August 12th, like da, 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 you know, and they were cracking up and I'm like, (laughs) I'm just being silly, you know, but these are doctors from all different, you know, fields whether yes. it's like OBGYN, endocrinology, uh, psychiatrist, what have you. And also they're all from different schools, Stanford, Harvard. You got a you lot know, of personalities then, in there. Right? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> and age groups, age ranges too. I mean, there's residents, there's medical students, there wow. are retired doctors. And the thing is, I'm like, we can all move in the same direction um, together and have a little fun. There's no reason why we can't have a little fun. And so most times in most instances, I'm the one that's, you know, kind of a goofball that's cracking jokes, that's, you know, kind of being silly or playing music or what have you. But there's a lot of people will look at me and just like, what the heck, Keisha? And I'm like, there's method to my madness. There is a method to my madness. And the thing is, I mentioned earlier that I'm working on my doctoral degree. And so my doctoral degree is a doctorate of education. The program is a doctorate of education. It's in leadership. And so education, knowing how adults learn, huge, it's important. And the thing is when I'm doing trainings, when I'm educating, I'm not just going to sit there and talk like this And, you know, I'm going to try and be lively. I'm going to try and infuse not only music, but if I can have control over, you know, like the environment, like the room that we'll be in, you know, I'll try and, you know, make the room feel like it 
too. Um, so an example of that, back in my, my old job, um, when I would do trainings more often, I would theme our trainings and the trainings would be like under the sea or, you know, safari wilderness or, or something like that. Um, and so uh, my colleague um, at the time, uh, who's a good friend now, uh, she would just giggle and be like, this is this is a training. And I'm like, yes. And um, so like for the safari theme, we had kind of um, like African um uh, like drum beat music. We also infused a little Lion King music because yeah, Lion King, that. you know, um, we also got the caterer to incorporate the theme in the food. And so for a snack, they had like more of like safari, um, um, kind of a snacky food, like food that you could take with you, you know? And so it was like trail mix and things like that. Um, we would, I would, uh, clue in all the speakers to um, of the theme, just letting them know like, hey, I'm going to be dressed up in costume because sure enough, I would dress like a safari guide, uh, you know, like, and we would put up decorations in the room that then mimic that. And then we would have colors. And I remember for the safari theme, um, even the rental space, they were able to incorporate the colors and the lights. And so it was like reds and yellows. It was so much that fun. That is like amazing, everyone, Keisha. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing because you're bringing this cohesiveness to mm-hmm. the, the theme and, mm-hmm. and it's creating play. It's that yes. permission. I mean, you're giving them permission to step outside of the seriousness and mm-hmm. let's rekindle the, the inner child in all of us, because let's be honest, kids know where it's at. They know that <laughs> If they play, if yes. they can, if they can be creative and make mm-hmm. art and just move their bodies in a fun way, they, mm-hmm. they have no ego. They don't care. Oh, they yeah. don't care what they look like. And oh, yeah. as we grow older, our ego comes and sticks like mm-hmm. Velcro onto our body. Oh, yeah. And pretty soon we are wearing these identities. I am a neurologist. I am a whatever. And, and that's no fun, you know? Yes. And so what you're doing is inviting them to just rekindle that childlike awesomeness of wonder and curiosity and play, which is yeah. so helpful because yes. that really is healing. It literally is like a vitamin to our soul. So oh, yeah. they are so lucky to be benefiting <laughs> from your work because as I'm sure as you're doing your doctorate in education and leadership, mm-hmm. um, you know, a study actually just in January by Shanafelt on burnout with physicians showed that when you teach physicians Mm -hmm. self-compassion, the leadership team actually can influence the entire culture of that organization. Because when you're more self-compassionate, you give yourself more grace that, you know, you can only do what you can do. And then that kind of sets the tone for the whole culture. And I love what Mm -hmm. you're doing. You're you're Mm -hmm. setting that tone. Um, Okay. So Safari, what other themes have you done? Uh, so I mentioned under the sea. So that one was virtual, obviously, uh, because of COVID. Uh, <laughs> and so while it was virtual, my colleague and I, I still had my outfit picked out, which she would always give me a hard time for. Uh, and then she she would dress up too. Uh, but she was a little bit more like, so I went like full mermaid, full yes. mermaid. Oh um, yeah. I even had like the makeup on. I Ooh, even you had, did the like, Ariel, a, the Ariel before Ariel mm-hmm. came back out. That is awesome. I did. Woo! I did. Yes. I even had like a fun, like blue purple wig. I mean, I did it up. Um, I even had the, um, like I found from uh, Goodwill, like <laughs> it was a, a thin shape, like 
snuggie blanket for like your bottom half. I've seen so those. I wore that. Yes, I wore that. And oh, and then I had um like a shell bra that I made. Like I yes. had like fabric that I cut out in the shape of a shell. I added like pearls on it. Oh yeah, the things I did for training. This is <laughs> it was awesome. a sacrifice. Let me let me tell you what. No, Keisha, um, this is this is great because like you're you're giving them that ceiling. You know, like no yes. one's gonna be as crazy as you, right? You know. Yeah. But like it gives that big room that they're like, wow, this is fun to play. And, you know, just again, that permission. And I see this all the time in workshops. There's always that one resident or doctor who's like, this is stupid. I don't want to do any drawing. And then by the end of that lecture, they're the ones that are looking for that purple marker. Like, where is that? I need it. You know, and it's like, just give yourself permission, you know? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yes. This is amazing. Yeah. And for me, that is so important because again, we, we all learn in different ways. And two, I feel like people are more likely to remember things when they're having fun, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're engaged with the material. And so during the times that I would do training, I would also build in like activities that were indicative of the work that they did, but then also played on the theme. So for example, one, one year we had Mission Impossible theme. Um, so mission impossible, we phrased it as mission. I'm possible, you know, beautiful. Kind of. beautiful. Yes. Um, but then of course, I mean, we had to, you know, mission impossible, like the movies. And so one of the activities I look back, please tell me that you came down from the ceiling on wires. Did you, <laughs> please tell me if I, if I could, I would have, I would have loved that. I can hear um, it now. <laughs> We definitely played the music. Dun, dun, yes. Dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> but we had an activity where they had, and I created it, like, because again, I I would look online just to get the creative juices flowing. And then it's like, okay, but I want, you know, people to work together as a team. I want them to um, communicate and then get through this, this challenge. And so the challenge I set up... <laughs> using chairs and red yarn, red yarn, you know, being indicative of the red lasers. Yes. And so they had to work together to like get everyone through this, you know, red laser maze sort of thing. And they had fun with it. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good time. There were laughs um, and silliness and there was music playing in the background. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it, love it's things this. like that. Yes. This, you're changing healthcare for sure. I mean, anybody <laughs> who can sit in a meeting or even stand or crawl through a meeting, you know, with laser, <laughs> that's that's definitely going to be impactful. I mean, I kind of want yes. footage of this. I really do. But Ooh, yeah. nonetheless, Ooh. yes. <laughs> tell me about um what doctors and residents, like who would who would be a good fit to join your groups in Doctors for America? Like, tell me more about how that work would yes, what would absolutely. that look like? Yeah, so pretty much anyone can join. And the thing is, you don't have to sign up to or pay to become a member like right away. No, no. Uh, We have monthly calls where we have action event calls. Um, And so these are opportunities for people to join, learn about a topic, and then be able to take what they learned and apply it right away. Um, So sometimes it's, we've done like phone banking events. I have an event coming up where we are going to be sharing a uh, cannabis decriminalization statement that we created. And so we'll be kind of sharing 
more about that. But then, you know, getting people to think of, okay, so how are ways that we can take the statement and, you know, apply it and educate others near us in our respective states? Because again, it's going to take all of us and we're all located throughout the country. Um, So what what can we do? Um, Another event that I have coming up that is then building on the topic of kind of drug reform is I have a speaker who is going to educate and share with all of us what's going on in the topic of drug reform. Nice. Because there's been things that have you know, yes. been hearing. Yes. Um, so someone who is in that field to educate us and then, hey, so doctors and they're not a doctor. And so but then they're going to say, Okay, and offer ideas and suggestions on in ways that people can then take this information and apply it. Um, so that was one um, a couple. Um, I mentioned the the sex education uh, event mm-hmm. that had a couple speakers who come from that world who work with organizations that are about. Uh, sex education, and just really trying to advocate for change in that sphere. Again, not doctors, but they're talking to doctors. And then they had real tangible steps, ideas, things that doctors could do. And and by no means, uh, we do have and will bring on speakers who are doctors to talk to doctors. Yes. Um, But I think sometimes it it helps to get the creative juices to hear from someone from that field. There's enough Um, academic, you know, medicine stuff that we get to listen to. It's really nice to see, you know, what really is going on in, you know, the ground zero of, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of reform. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really amazing work that you're doing for these doctors. Do you have, um, so you said residents, um, doctors, yes, residents, medical okay. students, retired doctors, uh, current practicing doctor, like everything in between. And it's really great. And then we also have just health advocates, individuals who are passionate about um, the work that we do, who are standing right with us to support us in the work. And so again, we have these action event goals that allow people to join, to learn, um, and to have things that they can then do and and put into practice. We have um, leadership calls that bring together our respective leadership um, uh, topic area leaders. Um, to then kind of strategize and and kind of think through, you know, where do we want to go? What are things, activities that we want to do? And so um, since I oversee two of our three impact areas, I always think of, well, okay, <laughs> what, so based on what they are sharing, you know, here are activities that we can do. And then I always try and think of like, well, what fun can I infuse into that? <laughs> I love this. I'm like, okay, I hear you. And (laughs) yes, that's a good example of yes. And and. yes, Yes. (laughs) absolutely. So yeah. So yeah. What excites you the most about your work right now? What is the most, I mean, you do so much, but I'm sure there's gotta be your little baby. Do you have something that you're really, really excited about or that really is enthusiastic that gives you, um, you know, some inner glee when you know, you get to work on that, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, it's being able to, I'm very much a people person, not sure if you noticed. <laughs> and so really it's being able to work with and meet 
even virtually, um, new individuals and get to like learn from them. I think there's that plus being the opportunities I get to be creative. For me, having space to be creative is very important. Um, and, you know, I went through and kind of shared multiple reasons why earlier. Um, but two, my bigger goal, you kind of asked me this question earlier, um, is that I really do want to make changes in, in healthcare. And, you know, again, my previous job was more specific to Nebraska. And that was great. And I loved it. And I still got to work at national level and regional levels and, and whatnot. But here at Doctors for America, I'm on a, I feel I'm on a much bigger platform. And so I want to use my, my expertise, my health administration background, plus currently my dissertation, I am working on wrapping this up. Um, but my dissertation is exploring self-concepts of insured and uninsured adults in Omaha, Nebraska. And specifically, the thing, the reason I bring that up is because I infuse a lot of my health administration and policy um, background into my dissertation to then discuss and educate on how we got to where we're at in terms of health insurance to really then, once I kind of laid that foundation, based on my research, then I want to propose changes and things that we can do um, and take and make to then kind of advance our healthcare system. Because as a country, we spend the most money, we have the worst outcomes. And there are just, there are just so many things, as you had alluded to earlier, it's so fragmented. And there's so many areas for improvement and we all see them. We all have identified them. Um, and again, it's going to take all of us to make this change and to make these changes, I should say, because it's going to be multiple. Um, and so it's, that's what I am hoping to then infuse our, you know, my, my energy, my fun, my expertise in trying to make changes where I can. Well, I think and, it's obvious. Keisha, yeah. I mean, how could you not be energetic? I am certain that it's been a joy for everybody to serve on panels with you in meetings. And it's evident <laughs> you're making changes already. Um, I'm just right. so excited. I, I really hope that our listeners check you out. You know, check out Doctors for America. Where yeah. can people get a hold of you? Where can people find you? Yes. So I am on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter. I typically use my personal Twitter for work-related things just because I, I try to align my personal values with organizations that yes. I work for. So work-life so masterpiece. Me, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, uh, look up Doctors for America. I'm listed on the website. I mean, yes, I'll put all of this in the show notes for our listeners. Yes. Keisha Bradford, you are changing lives. You are right. you are really embodying the fun and the mm -hmm. mission that we all share. And together yeah. we can make things happen. You know, oh, yeah. I think we're definitely stronger together. And you are definitely a catalyst that's making big things happen. So thank you so much for spending time on this Catalyst podcast. I have no doubt that this is not our last time talking because this is, okay. you're doing great things. And I'm just honored to know you. Uh, likewise. <laughs> and thank you for having me. I thank you so much.
Yes. I'm excited. I'm going to definitely check out Doctors for America. I can yes. see so many ways. My hardest part would be not to geek out about all the ways to help because, right. yep. you know, mm-hmm. caregiver fatigue can be a yes. real issue. So I'm glad yes. that you make mm-hmm. this fun and you really help the doctors kind of come out of their shell and enjoy being a doctor. Yeah. So thank you, Keisha. Yes. And thank you again for being on the Catalyst podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. I'm a physician who survived burnout by prescribing my own creativity. And now I teach others how to apply the neuroscience of flow to redesign their work-life masterpiece in a world where burnout will always exist. Cultivating flow takes practice. And I've developed a three-step system that you can learn in my AHA flow-infused time management guide. This free downloadable guide will help you anchor, highlight, and activate flow channeling methods so you can bend to time and find more joy in your day. Also check out my waiting list for my upcoming five-day Catalyst Symposium bootcamp. You can find both of these resources in my links, drlarasalier.com forward slash links. Thank you and keep coloring outside the lines.